0: Welcome to Rob's Reliability Project, a podcast for maintenance and reliability people to better themselves both at home and at work. Now let's get rolling. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, it's the first published live Q&A webinar that we've done. And I welcome my mindset and leadership coach, Susan Hobson, to the show. Susan is the founder of Elite High Performance Coaching, and we talk about depression, mental health, and how to increase our mental performance. We also take some questions from the audience around feeling burnt out and what to do about it, as well as engagement at work. Now, Susan has a special offer for Rob's Reliability Project listeners. She's offering her new program, Launchpad, to my listeners, at an exclusive 75% off discount. The Launchpad program is designed to remove any barriers that you're having and to launch you into the rest of your life. If you check the podcast notes, you'll find the link in there that gets you to the page where you can access the 75% off offer. Now, one thing to note is the 75% off Link expires April 12th at midnight Eastern, so act now. Me personally, I have grown and have had huge breakthroughs in the work that I've done with Susan. And I will be putting together or throwing in something special for my listeners who sign up to work with her. That's how much I believe in this offer. So check the podcast notes for more details on Launchpad and also click on it to get that 75% off. Last thing I wanna talk on before we get into the interview, I've been getting a fair amount of requests from companies who are not able to go to conferences in 2020 or, or their conferences have been pushed back and now they're looking to move into digital marketing if your company is looking to move into digital marketing because some of the conferences that you were planning on going to got moved back or got canceled, tell your marketing manager about Rob's Reliability Project. I'm offering some different packages than you may have seen before because we've sort of moved into this webinar slash content slash podcast model. And so definitely have them reach out to me. And, and have them reach out to me quickly because I have received a numerous, numerous inquiries and I expect the ad space will be going quickly. Lastly, I just want to be real with you guys. I've been suffering with depression and anxiety lately and burnout myself and so I'm doing my best to continue keeping this content rolling for you because i care about you i also want to say that if you're suffering from depression and you're suffering from anxiety or you're suffering from any of these things i know i i may not be in the best place myself to be able to help you but please reach out to me if you do because i can hook you up with someone who can help you whether that's susan or whether that's Uh, professional, something like that. I do care about you. And I I don't think that you deserve to suffer. So that being said, you know, I really appreciate you being part of my, my community. I really appreciate you listening to this podcast. And I really hope that, you know, with all this stuff going on in the world that you find some answers in this podcast. So thanks for listening. And here's the interview with Susan Hobson. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. This is our third live Q&A webinar. It's it's been fun. I mean, I've I'm I've see I see some of the people on the call. We've had, you know, this is our third one. We'll be having one next week, so stay tuned for that. But uh yeah, we got a special guest today, Susan Hobson. So Susan's my leadership and mindset coach and kind of the one, one thing I just want to give her credit for is is really this type of content, right? And it's, I know most of you on this call and most of you have seen me starting to write and talk about my struggles with mental health and depression and suicide and anxiety and those types of things. And really that's because Susan kind of, we've sort of unlocked this this kind of thing inside my head. And I realized that I wanted to talk about it so I could help you and also you know, I wanted to talk about it as a way to open it up in this community. So first off, Susan, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Rob. You know, it's my absolute honor to be here.
0: Yeah, no, I I really appreciate it. And so before we get into the nuts and bolts, I mean, not a lot of my audience know much about who you are other than what I've kind of, uh, as as Seth Godin would say, sneezed out into the world. <laughs> So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, how'd you get your start in, in coaching?
1: Yeah, it's quite interesting how I even landed uh, here at this age and stage of life doing this, this incredibly great game-changing work. Uh, my backstory is I grew up in Mississauga, which is kind of, as we Canadians over here know, the hockey hotbed, uh, probably not only just in Canada, but, but in the world. And I grew up in the 80s, so, you know, we weren't even in the Olympics at that point as females. So when I started playing hockey, my big dream was I was going to grow up and play in the NHL for the Boston Bruins. And it didn't take me long before I started going out into my environment, you know, into my classroom and all that, spouting out my dreams to the world and getting feedback that taught me to believe that as a chick, I probably wasn't going to grow up and make millions in the NHL. So fortunately for me, uh, I was encouraged to kind of pivot my sights on to getting the best education that I could out of my hockey. So I was quite ambitious little one and uh, I set my sights on the Ivy Leagues to me at that age and stage. I guess it represented, you know, really the pinnacle of what I could achieve out of my sport. And so that became my mission. And I went and I trained really, really hard and I started to really like proactively elicit feedback from, you know, my mentors and coaches and, and all those people that influenced me to sort of figure out like what does what my strategy need to be to get into those types of places. And I quickly learned that uh, I needed to be the best, pretty much like at the front of the pack to even get noticed by places like that. Uh, I, I started to learn to believe that that meant I didn't only have to be better than my opponents. I had to be better than my classmates and my teammates as well. I know Rob, you can relate to all of this conditioning and yeah, so I, 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 drove myself really hard, like the classic high achieving little kid that I was, uh, I was able to get a full scholarship at 13 to one of these fancy prep schools in new England which only accelerated my deficit high achiever strategies and, and uh, so much so that I actually ended up giving myself a life-threatening disease. I, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at 15 years old. Nonetheless, as so, such a determined girl, I decided that I was just gonna double down on my strategies and, and push past, past that resistance and was actually really fortunate to have been recruited to Princeton University where i kind of explain it or describe it like i went in my freshman year thinking i was gonna light the world on fire right like i was like one of the top hockey recruits in the nation and i had grades good enough to even make me eligible for places like ivy league schools and then i i I got there and i had uh, my own kind of brick wall experience as we like to say um, in the work that i do now which is I went overnight from being like this big fish in the small pond to being this little minnow in the ocean. Uh, I was, you know, so used to being the one on the ice, the one on the power play, the one that was getting the goals, you know, so used to getting A's in the classroom. And now all of a sudden I found myself at that next level, the pinnacle of my career. And I had no idea how to compete at that level. In other words, I just I realized that uh, my strategies were no longer going to work, and so I really you know was blessed and fortunate uh, that this this experience happened to me. Uh, my freshman year, I, I kind of you know describe it as you know I, I looked around and realized that you know I was I was going to be the bench rider of the century my freshman year, and uh, that wasn't really acceptable to me. And so I had this this choice moment where the dorm room and like, crying to my mom, saying, uh, "Mom, I don't just compete with these kids. I'm an imposter. You know, I think I just want to pack up." And so that was a real that was a real eye opening moment. Like I would worked so hard, sacrificed so much, and here I was realizing big badass in gym.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: So, yeah, so essentially uh, this brick wall moment was when I was really forced to uh, make a really critical decision in, in my life, which was, was I going to dig in and figure out, you know, the solution and find the solution or find the opportunity disguised in all this adversity? Uh, or was I going to bail on the mission completely? And, uh, fortunately for me, places like Princeton, uh, one thing that most people don't realize about these fancy dance, Ivy league schools is that they, once you get in, they will do almost everything to make sure that you make it out on the other side of those gates. And so I had the opportunity for the first time in my life. Like I always knew as a high performance athlete, I know Rob, you can totally relate to this. Like we always knew we had to like train hard in the gym and the pool, and, I, and on the ice, and all of that kind of physical training, that was, that was essential. But what I, what I discovered for the first time in my life is that once you get to this level of competition and performance, that you also have to be as disciplined, if not more disciplined, to also get in the mental gym and train this brain of ours, you know, this thing that actually is responsible for 90% of your performance. And what I was able to discover in, in that work, uh, I say that this was a game-changing moment. Like literally from, the, from being bench writer out of the century my first year, getting C's and D's in the classroom for the very first time in my life. I've been there. <laughs> like, like how disorienting is that, right? For us to identify at that stage, identify so much with our achievements, right? And the validation of our achievements uh yeah just like to have all of that taken away from us uh, and and to have no idea like how to find it again is a completely powerless experience but uh but yeah like what i what i experienced once i was able to get hooked up with with somebody like myself now is i was able to really kind of figure out where to go inside of myself and be able to really turn my confidence and my motivation back on like a switch and once I was able to do that, due to this mindset brain training work that I, I, I'm going to speak about today and that I'm a, an, an expert and thought leader in now, uh, what I was able to do is I went from being bench of the century and all of that to being on the top lineup, one of the leading scorers on my team by my sophomore year, which is your second year in the States. I went from C's and D's in the classroom to being on the national dean's list. Uh, It was such an overnight experience, such a turnaround experience that I I had to step back and I I had to take notice. And so, yeah, ever since that point, I knew I was like, wow, all these bad, quote unquote, or challenging things or adverse things that happened to me so far upstream in my life. I really started to see the purpose and the meaning in all of that. And I really started to see that as, as, as being a gift that had happened for me, not to me. And that really was where I was able to step back into my, my power, and I was really able to accelerate my growth in a whole different way that i never really experienced before as a performer. And it was thanks to uh, this knowledge of, of really learning how to architect the mindset strategies that set me up to intrinsically really identify, you know how to get my needs met so that no matter where I was, no matter what was happening in and around me, no matter how big the stakes or how, how much pressure I was experiencing, that I was able to consistently and predictably and reliably really show up in my peak state, in my flow, so that I could really, you know, not only just get a great sense of, of realizing more and more of my potential, which is kind of what I think is the point of being a human being, but to get to experience the fulfillment that lay on the other side of that. And that became this like, this whole thing that I teach now, which is taking high achievers and turning them into high performance, uh, high performers via the mindset strategy architecture work that I, I work with my clients on now. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, just like, let's dig into that a little bit. Like you mentioned intrinsic versus extrinsic. And I know, yeah. like, we've worked on this together, but maybe for people out there, like, how do they execute on that or what's the difference?
1: The difference is a high achiever, uh, as you can see sort of in the context of my story, it it was based on a lot of deficit mindset strategies. In other words, beliefs that really were hardwired and conditioned deeply into my subconscious mind. That really convinced me that I needed to go outside of myself to get what I needed to feel inside of myself to be able to show up in, in, in my, my state of peak performance or to be able to show up and, and let her rip and, and do my best work. Uh, whereas a high performer, and as before I go to high performer, just understand like running on that deficit. Like it can work, quote unquote, like for for some amounts of time. But because the sources that you're seeking to get your needs, your needs met are laying outside of you, that's a broken, unsustainable strategy. So it's not a matter of if you will run into the brick wall or the glass ceiling. It's just a matter of when. It's kind of like we, you and I joke about the tick, tick, tick. Uh, Whereas a high performer, because it's an inside out strategy, in other words, knowing where to go inside of yourself to be able to get your needs met, to be able to flick the switch in terms of the emotions that you need to feel to be able to go out and actually like really truly realize your highest potential as a performer, um, that is a sustainable strategy that is something that sustainably guarantees that you will you will maximize and optimize your rate of growth till the rocking chair and that really is my passion and i feel like again you know i was so lucky i was a little girl from mississauga nobody in my family went to university i knew like this experience happened to me for a reason and i think the reason was it's like I really believe that I was meant to just go out here and just expose people to this kind of behind the gates intel, because I know this is something that most of us, I'll speak for myself, average, you know, blue collar kid, uh, just, just never, we're never taught to think that way. We're never taught that we, that our mindset, you know, is the thing that's running the show and governing all of these choices that we make every day. Um, but yeah, that really is essentially the, the, the work that I do is showing people how to architect the blueprint of beliefs that really do help them access, um, the resources that they need to really show up and play their biggest game.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I mean, you know, you mentioned mindset and how, you know, we never learned that as kids. And I mean, it's like just working with you myself, like I didn't, when I came to you, I think I said to you that I wanted to turn this podcast into a business and you know, I got laid off like a year ago and I didn't uh-huh. know why I didn't jump in full steam. I it just like, you know, I, I didn't understand that. Uh-huh. And really I was looking for basically a plan to just like, uh-huh. what do I need to do? What consulting services do I need to offer? And all that stuff. And you know, I didn't really realize like the mindset game either until we've kind of gotten into it. And it's, it's actually real interesting, right? Because like my story, similar to yours mm-hmm. in a way, um, but I actually mm-hmm. hit the brick wall when I started working in industry, which a lot of you guys on the call will know is, you know, I spent a year working at tech, I saved them over $50 million. And then at my annual review, they gave me like a 3% raise. And they said, like, basically, they were they weren't really happy with the work that I did, you know, and and most okay. of you have reliability will understand that. Like they didn't understand what I was trying to do. They didn't understand what I was doing. And so that was, you know, created a loss or a deficit from that external validation that I was looking for. And that's where, you know, came into ending up basically in the hospital a few times, you know, and then <laughs> working our way out of it. Yeah. tick
1: tick tick yeah right? so so like i that's, guess that's the, that's that's the thing
0: yeah so so i guess you know like i want to talk a little bit about um you know what we're going through right now in terms of uncertainty and 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 this whole pandemic going on and so i guess the first question i got for you susan and this is like everybody on this call i think most people are working at home and they're all pretty much experiencing this social isolation Like, how do we make sure that we maintain our mental health during this, where we're not really allowed to go meet with people? We're not allowed to go outside too much. Like, how do we maintain our mental health?
1: Well, I think that this is where we got to pivot. Just like I had, I was forced to pivot when I hit the brick wall and realized that uh, some of my deficit strategies were just no longer going to work. I think from what I'm seeing in the trenches with people's psychology uh in doing this work with clients is i'm seeing that the ones the high achievers that have been running on deficit strategies so in other words you know going outside themselves to get the validation of work or get their safety and their paycheck or whatever the case may be in terms of you know going outside themselves to be able to sustain feeling good inside themselves Um, For the ones that are really feeling it right now, in other words, all that fear and anxiety and self-doubt and powerlessness is really coming to the surface for them emotionally. I think that uh, it all starts with the way that you're viewing this time um, where, where you're being kind of forced to sideline. And what I mean by that is like, what does that mean to you? And if you're experiencing a lot of those, you know, red flag emotions is what we call this in my practice, then I think that uh, the, the most important thing that you need to do is that you need to step back and you need to really question why you're experiencing that. Where are those emotions coming from? Like what is, I always say that your emotions are like your brain's intel, right? It's like that biofeedback. Um, which essentially is telling you what you need. And so if you have a lot of that type of experience um, that's coming up for you right now amongst all of this uncertainty and unknown situation, then I think the most important thing that you do is you step back and you learn how to adaptively meet your needs. Um, I think that essentially is kind of the gift in all of this, the opportunity that's in all this adversity. You know, the number one obstacle I hear in the chair doing this work with clients is I don't have time to focus on myself, right? Or I don't have the energy to really dial in and pay attention to what my emotions are trying to tell me. But I think what's really cool about this is that we all, we can't use that excuse anymore now, right? Is because we have this like access of time and energy and focus that's landing in our laps. That's really opening up a space for us to get curious in terms of, of our needs psychologically and whether or not we're, we're doing a good job of meeting those in healthy adaptive self supportive ways. Uh, but if, you know, if, if, if you don't even know what your emotions are trying to tell you, well, that's, that's how you get your needs met. That's the starting point is that you got to really get curious, roll up your sleeves and really start to dig in and unpack what your emotions are trying to suggest or, or are trying to communicate to you that you, you need to do.
0: Yeah. And I think like that, that emotional intelligence piece, it's, it's real interesting, right? Like when we started working together, my emotions basically I was I'm okay all the time that was it there was no you know there was no <laughs> variance basically yeah. at all. and I think yeah. that that's really common for at least what I've seen in engineers is we're not very emotionally intelligent or we're not told like also as you know as athletes or as men we're not told to show our emotions like very often uh. And so like the first step that we worked on was basically just understanding, like, how are you feeling? And now it's Mm. like, it's insane. The difference. Like I looked back at like day one and sometimes I was just putting, okay, that's it. And now it's like this crazy thing where it's like, you know, like I'm feeling a lot and I'm feeling different. And I think like people out there, it's hard to recommend it because (laughs) it's opened a lot of pain in me. Um, but I think it is important in that step where how you can maintain your own needs. And, and that's sort of what we've been working on lately has, has been that connecting piece.
1: Yeah, I always say like as a high performance coach, it's like there's no bigger performance driver than your emotions. And if you don't know what your emotions are trying to communicate to you, you're not at the helm. Your emotions are are taking you for the ride, Right. Um, so again, it's like, I know what you just said. And I I get that for a lot of people. I think a lot of people resist the emotional intelligence work because they associate pain with it, but what's, what's on the other side of that pain is growth. And so I really think that that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to suggest is what we all need to do right now is we don't have the choice. Now that we've been forced to the sidelines, we don't have a choice to ignore our emotions because now like some of us, we are, we're, we are literally leaders in the home. We are leading our kids. If you've got a partner, right? Like you are in close proximity with all that and some of us are still having to sustain, showing up in peak state, right? And sustaining ourselves professionally. So I, don't, I, I, I always say, okay, you can avoid looking at your emotions because that can be a little bit painful and a little bit messy, but no pain, no gain. <laughs> so if you're going to keep hiding out in the cave, really what you're doing is maybe you're, maybe you're not really connecting to, to what that emotion is, but trust and believe subconsciously those emotions that you're ignoring, they're controlling you in some way, shape or form. And if they're red flag emotions, I think that's the biggest thing I want to caution people on is like, that is not a sustainable thing. The longer we stay in isolation, if we continue to suppress, repress, and deny what our emotions are trying to tell us we need, that's the tick, tick, ticking time bomb. And, you know, it's so funny. Everybody's asking me, well, we're not, it's all about safety right now because everybody's in fight or flight, right? It's not safe. It's not safe. It's not safe. It's like, well, what does that even mean? Right? Like, safety to me is just, can I stay on solid ground and can I manage my state? So no matter what adversity happens outside these four walls, I'm going to be at the helm able to navigate that ship for me and my daughter and, and my, my business and, and the people that I, I serve in my life. So emotional yeah. intelligence is a skill set, right, Rob? It's like you gotta crawl, then you like the okay or the I don't know. It's like you gotta crawl, then you learn to walk, then you learn to run, and then you learn to sprint. And that's really what high performance requires, right? Is 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 having that level of skill set with your emotions.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, like one thing I, I kind of want to turn this a little bit more practical for people because I think that, you know, like if you would if I would have been on this webinar you know, six months ago, what you just said, I wouldn't have been able to do anything with it. And I think Mm -hmm. that that like, I mean, that's why I obviously wanted to work with you. But it's also like, it's Mm -hmm. something where it's really hard. So when you talk about, you know, like with your spouse or with with Brooklyn, um, Mm -hmm. how do you like for people out there, like what are some specific things that they can do to sort of I don't know, create the love that they need or create the relaxation that they need or, or get those get those emotions working.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, it just it just depends where you're at in terms of your, your level of emotional intelligence. If you're like Rob, you know, who had to learn to crawl before he could walk, run and sprint then I think what that looks like practically is that you are just making sure that you create a little space for your, your relationship with self. And what that means is that you're intentionally really trying to pay attention to your experience and, and, and your experience being your thoughts, you know, the emotions that are coming in, in, in alongside those thoughts, like how you're feeling physically in your body And just even just learning how to tune into your state, that's what we call that, the communication between your brain and your body that I just described. Uh, Even just that in, in teaching yourself to really kind of learn how to identify more specifically what it is that you're feeling. I think that that is a very practical thing that we can all learn to do or commit to doing. Uh, for those who are a little bit more advanced, what does that look like? Well, now that you're, you're really starting to identify, man, I'm really stressing out. You know, my my, my, my kid's been cooped. Co- it was raining all weekend in Toronto. So I was like really calibrating. Brooklyn is my eight-year-old daughter, by the way. I was really calibrating that she was starting to go a little, a little squirrely, a little bit stir crazy, right? And I was starting to notice like that was making me feel a little bit stressed out. And so just even that emotional awareness can lead into the next step of, Mommy's saying, "Okay, I need a couple of minutes. I gotta go. I gotta go sit with my 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 journal, or I gotta go sit in meditation, or I gotta go sit with myself." And I really gotta get behind this emotion, figure out what this emotion is trying to tell me. And what that what that practice requires is that you're able to really unpack your emotions and your thoughts, and really dig into the meaning behind them. Because once you can really penetrate the meaning, once you can qualify like what it is that's going on back here, uh, subconsciously in your brain, that's when you're able to identify what it is that you need. And so, you know, in that example where I noticed that I was stressing out because my daughter obviously was starting to go a little bit stir crazy. um, Yeah, I know that like for me, I, I obviously was feeling a little bit, you know, guilty. I was feeling badly because she's been forced into this situation and we kind of both have. And I know that that stress was trying to say, well, Susan, you're focused on the wrong things. Like you're the leader of this. So you, you know, you need to focus on what you can control, which is you got to go back out there and you just got to find something fun for you guys to creatively dig into. And that's what I did. And she was, you know, in a better state and she was happy and mommy was happy. And we were engaged in something really meaningful where we got to have this high quality connection time. And on the other side of that, we both got our needs met. And we both had, you know, a pretty, a pretty good weekend as a result.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I just want to jump off that a little bit is, is that's kind of like what, what we worked on this weekend for me specifically was, was like, I was feeling amped up and really like, you know, I, I think a lot of it was, you know, this, this fight or flight response from people at work. And, you know, even my girlfriend, when she comes home, like she spent the whole day, working with seniors and, you know, they're having calls on the weekend now. She's basically working like 12 hour days, seven days a week. Wow. And so it's, it's like a lot of like, it's been a lot on me. And, and so Mm -hmm. first things I did this weekend, like I turned notifications off on my phone. I put my phone on airplane mode for most of the weekend. Like I still, I know most of you on this call, like you didn't see me post as much on LinkedIn as I usually do. Um, that was really a result of me trying to tune out. And then I, like, I didn't really, like, we didn't watch the news or didn't do any news. I was trying a lot of music to kind of calm me. And then I was trying to get outside three times a day. So that was really, um, you know, that was really my kind of strategies this weekend that we were working on. Obviously, meditation as well. Yeah. Go ahead. And we
1: knew that you needed that because of how you were feeling. Yeah. You wouldn't have known, and this is what high performance sustainably requires. It's the same thing as when we were competing right It's like we had to we had to know when we needed to bench and get some water or take you know thirty seconds so we could catch our breath in other words you you need to know you need to know there's value to gearing up i mean. It's called periodization in in the science of peak performance. It's like sometimes gearing down is strategically how you're able to gear back up into high gear. But again, you wouldn't have been able to identify that you needed boundaries around your work and and that you needed to really protect that space for self-care this weekend unless you had really had the emotional intelligence of being able to, to decipher and decode what it was. Your brain was trying to say, Hey, Rob, we need this, you know? So kudos to you and all your hard work and discipline. Cause that's exactly where it's showing up for you.
0: <laughs> so we got some questions here and Hit me. I, I guess, I guess I want to, I want to go with the first one. So we talked a little bit about people who don't have a lot of things to do, like what they should be focusing on themselves, understanding their emotions. Oh, yeah. Now, what about the opposite side of the spectrum? What about people like my girlfriend or I know Andy's mm-hmm. on the call and he, he has some customers that are in manufacturing for food products and they're getting slammed. So what mm-hmm. should those people do to kind of, you know, maintain their performance while they're getting slammed?
1: Yeah, I think it's, uh, we just talked about those of us that are gearing down and the opportunity of that is to really kind of create the space for you to kind of go deeper with the me work in terms of what you need. But sometimes when you're in high gear, again, like being on the ice or being in the pool, right, Um, you, you still have to make sure that you're calibrating your state. And I think that's the only way that you're going to be able to keep that kind of a pace so that you can really show up and serve like Mabalia, you know, like so that you can really sustain the amount of output that is required for you right now. Um, I think that, you know, it's really, really important for those people who are really being challenged in that way to Still, governor or the governess, in terms of where they need to push back or where they need to say, hey, like I'm at my max, my, my bandwidth is stretched too, too wide or too thin. Um, I think it's really, really imperative that people are, are still feeling that sense of self responsibility in terms of asking for what it is that they need. So, in other words, if they feel like they're kind of throttling so high that they're approaching burnout. Well, guess what? It's not going to be sustainable if you keep redlining it like that, you know? So I think it's, it's some of that, but I also think it's being proactive where you can, you know? So for those of us that are really busy, because again, I'll raise my hand. I've had the busiest week of business I've had in 2020 this week um, whilst, you know, homeschooling my eight-year-old and trying to keep like everything calm and grounded around here. But uh, if anything, this is where I'm doubling down on these practices the most. This is where I'm getting up a little bit earlier and making sure that I really set the tone for my day. Making sure I start by giving myself what I need because if mama ain't happy, nobody gonna be happy. (laughs) In order for me to have the capacity to serve in the way that I really value showing up and serving, then I got to make sure that I don't sacrifice myself or leave myself behind in the process. And it's the same thing at the end of the day. It's like, that's, that's my me time. And I got to be vigilant about that and I got to protect that Um, as the governess of my state, like I've been saying, uh, which means that I just got to make sure that I'm unpacking my experience at the end of the day and, and seeing if there's anything in there that came up for me today or in terms of if I'm feeling burnt out so that I can be proactive and intentional about giving myself what I need to be able to sustain this peak level of having to professionally perform.
0: Yeah. And, and that was one thing, I mean, we worked on last week, right? Is, is I've been feeling burnt out. I've been feeling like I've just kept saying yes to everything and everybody. And even, even with this, like this lockdown kind of period, I felt kind of the same as you felt in this way where, I almost feel like I have to step up and deliver more now because it's, I, I don't know why I, I say because, but it, it just feels like I have to. And I think, I don't know if that's the condition me or not, but that's, that's what we've, I guess, done our entire lives. And, you know, last week when we had our call, you, you mentioned, you asked me basically like, how come you didn't feel like you could take a day off? And I said, I never considered it. I, I honestly never considered it. And it wasn't even on a radar of something that I would do. And it's that self-responsibility you mentioned, like I've never really had that. Mm-hmm. And, and like when working with you, I mean, I've taken, I think 10 days off this year on mental health alone. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was basically because of your recommendation and my other, my family doctor. And I never would have taken one if 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 either of you hadn't told me, right? And I think that, That's one thing that I sort of was really unpacking this weekend is, is the option of putting yourself first is it's not necessarily like, like my Enbridge didn't end because I didn't go to work on Thursday. Right. yeah Yeah. And so it's like business will continue without you. And like today I'm feeling immensely better than I did. And, and it's just self-responsibility.
1: Yeah. I think that that is uh, what makes you a leader, right? Like leadership starts with you. You can't help anybody else realize their highest potential or help your organizations reach their potential during all of this. You can't help your kids or your spouse, your partner. You can't help anybody else if you're so deficit that you no longer have anything to give. And so staying (laughs) staying in your power right it's like a metaphor for just staying plugged in so that you're firing on all cylinders even when life gets crazy um it 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 definitely as adults i mean we're not kids anymore we're not dependent on our parents to meet our needs it's like we gotta we gotta be in charge of that now and i think that is that's the foundation on which we all stand when we show up and try to serve anybody else it starts with that level of personal leadership
0: yeah And that's something like I know I still need to work on. And I think it's something that people, if you're listening on this call or you're on the listen to the show, definitely something to think about is like, where are you either burning out too much because you're not setting boundaries or you're maybe you're, you know, that type of thing. So Susan, we got, I got a couple questions here on depression that I want to touch on because I mean, obviously I've suffered with depression for a while. Um, And I think a a few people on this call as well who submitted the questions, I think they suffer with it as well. So the first one I got was for people who deal with depression, what is a strategy to find the motivation or discipline to do the mundane tasks that seem insurmountable at the time?
1: Yeah, so let's to start off by just understanding, like when we're talking about depression, like that could be a situational depression. Like I think a lot of people are, are legitimately sad. They're grieving, they're mourning the loss of the normality, right? Like they're, the, the loss of, of control in terms of how they have have been hardwired and set up to live their lives so or there's 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 clinical depression which is where your brain neurochemically is so imbalanced because maybe you've been experiencing those types of feelings for so long um that you actually you know you you can't compel yourself to get out of bed or you can't compel yourself to even get through the mundane tasks of your your day-to-day existence I think the first thing that we want to make sure we do is just, you know, really reinforce the importance of qualifying the difference between the two, like as a coach, uh, not a therapist. This is always the line that I'm, I'm, I'm governing in terms of the clients that I work with. Um, But yeah, I think like if you're situationally depressed because of how hard things are, quote unquote, or challenging things are right now, I think that it's just really important to, to ask yourself this very, very important question is Do you feel like you can help yourself? And that's always, you know, Rob, from the work that we've done is like always sort of what, right? It's always, always, I always say like, like the number one thing is safety. And so if you were to the point where you're past that line and you no longer can, can even make decisions to pick up the phone and book a session with somebody to talk to or or to process with, or you can't even pick up the journal to unpack why you're feeling so sad or where this grief is coming from if you don't feel like you, you can actually compel yourself to do that, then I think that is absolutely where you need to call and seek the the support of, of a professional and somebody that can actually, you know, professionally guide you in a responsible way. But for those of us who, yeah, who are just like, you know, are just really struggling to get through these days because of how hard it is, I think that's, that's the challenge that you have to, you have to really put on yourself right now or compel yourself, to to make the choice to really just in some way shape or form pick up the resources that you know are going to start to help you feel better and the purpose behind all of that because again that's what motivation is in the brain motivation only gets you know triggered or released neurochemically from your brain uh, when you have some sort of a compelling why like you have to have a reason why you need to get out of bed And so I think my, 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 my strategy for that is the reason why is it's you, like we just said, safety comes down to your ability to really navigate your way through this storm. And so if you can't get out of bed and, and, and find a resource, whether it's a book or a podcast or a webinar that you can jump into, or maybe it's just, you know, getting on some sort of a, a FaceTime call with a friend or a family member. If you if you can't compel yourself to reach out to find some sort of a resource in your environment that's going to help you feel better, um, then I think that absolutely is is how you know that you sort of crossed that line or that that precipice.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll the, just I'll just jump in there. So there's a few things, right? So obviously, I just want to I want to take this time to talk a little bit about getting help specifically, right? Yeah like I've struggled with getting help that I need uh, with depression. You know, I've, I've seen, I've gone to the hospital a few times. I've gone to numerous doctors. I've taken numerous different pills. I've gone to a few psychiatrists. I've taken sleeping pills. I've taken the SSRIs, the SNRIs, the antipsychotics, the whole bit, right? And I think that the, the, at the end of the day, my advice is, is really keep trying. Right and and even you know it's I know it's hard and I know like I even stopped honestly I stopped trying you know and and I think that it's really just keep trying and keep you know and get people around you who support you and so that's another thing like the other day I was having a real rough day and I I woke Mbalia up out of bed at like two o'clock in the morning and basically I was like I need to talk right now because it's not going well. And, and that's, you know, uh-huh. having that person there, I mean, it's a luxury because she's sleeping in the bed next to me, but also, you know, like Susan, you've offered me to call you if I need anything or even my doctor co- offered to call her uh, when I need. So it's getting that support structure around you. And if you don't have anything, I mean, there's the crisis hotlines, you can call They're twenty 24 seven, there's, there's even text ones now, which I like because I'm weirdly, I easily find it to text somebody instead of call them. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, definitely reach out to somebody and because it, it's tough. Like I've, I, I mean, the first time I had depression, it took me a year to ask for help.
1: Yeah. Depression is, is really what it comes down to. It's a, it's a self-worth need that is running deficit. I always say that self-worth, it's like oxygen. You know, if you wake up and you don't have it, you can't breathe. (laughs) So I think uh, really it's just trying to step back from your feelings and just really dig into them and try to, you know, ascertain or figure out, is this because I don't have value for myself? And if I don't have value for myself, well, that's where the work begins, right? Is, and, and that's how you meet the need for self-worth, by the way, is in you know intrinsically validating your experience. I think depression, sometimes I mentioned you get to this point where your brain's so neurochemically imbalanced that no matter what, you just can't get out of bed. Uh, your body won't let you physiologically. But uh, but I think that's exactly the the antidote or that's, that's the solution to that problem, to filling up that deficit is that your brain's depressed because you're not paying attention to it. And it's been mm-hmm. trying to tell you, I have feelings that are trying to get your attention here, you know, and you just keep ignoring them or turning them off or looking the other way. Um, but I think like what you do to help yourself is that you just got to learn that, you know, the purpose like i just said the motivation for all of us as human beings in life is is yeah is growth and is progression right and we can't we can't get to those higher level emotions that we want to feel right like passion or joy or engagement or fulfillment or any of those things unless we we feel like we're growing and so i think that you know if you don't if you don't see the value in that then I think that's exactly where the work needs to begin: is for you realizing that you were made for a reason, you're here for a reason, you know, um, and you being able to really kind of dial into yourself and 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 qualify sort of like what that reason is for you being here. You know, I always wake up. One of the things that we've worked on is waking up worthy and realizing. I'm here. I have breath. Okay. Well, there must be a reason for that. (laughs) Like, let me hit the ground running and go figure out what that is. But, uh, but I think that's what it is with the, with depression. and, And I get that a lot of people have been literally sidelined and taken out of the game here. And it's a very shocking experience for us all. But I think, uh, we all have to kind of, we're all being forced to the sidelines collectively. And, you know, we're athletes, so we always look at that through the lens of you can make, you you typically make your biggest gains in the off season. So I think, you know, no matter what you're feeling, the advice is that you just got to really start paying attention to how you're feeling and figure out why. So you can get proactive in terms of what it is that you need to do to adaptively make sure that you're giving yourself what you need.
0: Yeah. I love it. And, and you, you know, you, you mentioned like being athletes and and putting work in, in the off season. And it's, it's interesting, right? Like I, I never, I guess I never thought of it that way, but it's definitely true. And I've always like, I think, I mean, we come from the same sort of cloth where we see this, this uncertainty and this uh, you know, this situation that we're all in is opportunity. Uh I think think that that's, you know, that's where we're able to sort of, I mean, I wouldn't be able to be here with you or doing this right now if we didn't have this home time. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that's just bringing us together. So it's either way we're, we're doing well and we got, I mean, Ben just, just wrote in the chat, he's in the UK. So there's, there's people here that are worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to, I do want to get to Ben's question and then we'll give you some time to plug Susan. Um, so Ben just messaged, so, okay, so he's, he was burning out um, before COVID-19. He works at one of the biggest snack manufacturing sites in Europe. He's, his superiors have a mindset of business as usual, but most of my team are working from home while I hold the fort at work. I'm struggling to manage how my time, because each day seems so reactive, Having admitted burnout, I I expected far more support from my leadership, but now I feel like I need to prove myself more than ever before. I feel like I am negative in my responses to my superiors, but I think it's being realistic. I'm really stuck. So I I guess he's looking for a strategy to maintain his distance while maintaining this positive relationship with his superiors.
1: Yeah, I think it comes down to some of the work that you and I've done, Rob, which is like realizing um, that the goal is, is to do the best that you can as a human being with the capacity you have. Yeah. There's no such thing as being able to do more than that. And so where you have pressure externally in terms of other people's expectation of what you should be doing or how much bandwidth you should have, that's not, that's not their expertise right? Like that's why I say personal lead- leadership starts with self-responsibility is like you, you got to just, you got to take ownership for the reality that is your bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And I think when I, cause I see a lot of clients come through my door, you know, high achievers, it takes that brick wall a lot of times to get them to actually step back and be like, Oh wow, I need, I need to fix this or I need to look at this. But I see a lot of burnout and that's because, you know, high achievers are so self-sacrificial. Um, and, and they push themselves way past their capacity and I I almost describe it like that's the redlining it. Right. Um, so I think right now the opportunity is for you to push back and, and to communicate to them, listen, this is the reality. I'm doing the best I can for you guys. And if, if that isn't good enough, I think it tells you a lot about the values of the organization that you're, you're working for leaders are really gonna show themselves in crisis. This is where you, the rubber meets the road in terms of who the real deal leaders are gonna be, um, and, and then who the ones are gonna be that you know, unfortunately aren't coming from, from the best space and place in terms of what their values are, what, what their, their expectations are. And so if this is an opportunity, because you mentioned you are going through burnout before all of this COVID-19 stuff happened. Um, yeah, I think it's an opportunity for you to see how they respond to you being able to assert healthy boundaries. And if they aren't going to be okay with that, or they're going to push back on that, I think at the end of the day, they've kind of done you the favor because they've kind of shown you their hand.
0: Yeah, and I'll just speak from my personal experience, Ben. Like, I mean, we 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 touched on it last week as well, and it's it's like I'm you know I'm working full time at Enbridge. I, I do the podcast, you know, that takes 10, 15 hours a week. I'm working part-time for upkeep. That's another 10, 15 hours a week. And then I get a lot of requests from the community to jump on phone calls or to, Mm -hmm. you know, to give advice and that type of stuff. And, you know, before, you know, before COVID-19, I was burning out too. Right. And, 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 you know, last week it sort of hit a wall for me and that's where I had to take Thursday and Friday off and really just tune out of LinkedIn and really just get, get a break. And I've had both types of managers. Like my manager right now, he's, his wife works in mental health. And so he's very understanding of, of my situation where I've had previous managers where I didn't even tell them. I, I just said, I just got a doctor's note that said two weeks off. That was it. Huh. And, and I never, I never brought it up. I never said a thing because there was just that type of mentality. And I, that was a mining company.
1: If, yeah, if it's all about, if life is all about progress, because as human beings, you know, we're meant to evolve. That's the nature of ourselves. you know, if we're not growing in some way, shape or, uh, or form, if we're not progressing and realizing our potential, it doesn't feel good. And there's going to be indications of that. That's what exactly what these emotions are trying to communicate to you. Um, and the only way that you're going to be able to, to do your best work, which is where you're going to actually feel a sense of engagement, which is the number one <laughs> psychological need that we all have to make sure we are responsibly meeting, whether we're stuck at home and inside the four walls or not. It's that uh, if we want to stay engaged and, f- and fulfillment is a really big part of that, then we have to make sure that we're we're doing our part, right? In other words, is that we are really starting to step up and, and have honest conversations with people about where we're not able to get our needs met because the expectations are too high or the environment or the culture is not supporting us or setting us up in a way that we're able to do that.
0: Love it, love it, love it. And culture, you said culture, which is, it's a no-no word in reliability. Is it? Oh, no. Well, you should have. Well,
1: you should. You should have prepared me. What does it mean in your world?
0: Oh, it's it's pain. That's what that means.
1: Oh. Um,
0: I'd be curious. Actually, everyone who's in the chat, um, yeah. really curious if you would say you're engaged or not engaged at work. Just just type in, ten being fully engaged. You love what you do. One being you you couldn't wait to get out the door. Um, and just yeah, type that's that a in. great. Just, that's just that's a quick a, survey.
1: That's a great quick metric for whether or not your mindset has the right blueprint of strategies, okay? Because if you're not engaged, it's really, really bad for you. Like that is typically where I see people go down the slippery slope emotionally. That's where their health will start to follow. That's where their relationships on the home front or even on the work front will start to follow. Um, Yeah, where you're not fully engaged and getting that sense of fulfillment that's on the other side of showing up in a meaningful way, it's, it's, it precludes you and prevents you from being able to get your needs met, you know, psychologically and emotionally. And that's why, that's why we say it's not sustainable guys. So if you, it's not reliable, you got to say reliable, it's not reliable. So I think that is the opportunity for, for those of us who are kind of having the opportunity to step back and really kind of create a little bit of space to think more deeply about ourselves and where we're at in our lives, because I think this is the big universal assignment, if we can look at it in that context, is that we're all kind of getting a chance to really step back from our lives and just really assess is this working? <laughs> is this, am I playing my biggest game? Am I like having an impact? Is this like really what I envisioned my life to be? Am I happy with how I'm showing up in my relationships or my work or my health or all these different areas that we've talked about today? Um, and I think engagement is just a really telltale sign uh, that you can use sort of to put your finger on the pulse of that.
0: Absolutely. Now, Susan, you mentioned playing our biggest games, so you got some pl- some plugs to do for us. So, why you're calling you, it a plug. It's always a plug. What are you gonna? What do you What do you got for us?
1: Oh my gosh, so funny. Well, I just uh, here's the thing that I know is true. Um, I know that it's become harder and harder for people. Uh, to be able to really kind of commit to that, that deeper one-on-one work like Rob has been mentioning that he's been in, engaged in with me. And so what I've been a cooking up and a brewing for some time, because this is absolutely the mission that I'm on uh, is really, I know how game changer this Intel is. I've experienced it firsthand and I've been lucky enough over the last 15 years of doing this work in the trenches with really high achieving folk that um, That, uh, yeah, what's on the other side of of being able to get exposed to these types of mindset strategy is, you know, the ripple effect of of people showing up as leaders in their lives, leaders in their homes, leaders in their business. And I think, you know, what's on the other side of that, the ripple effect is that, uh, yeah, this world is, is more engaged and is more fulfilled. And I think that that is good for us economically. It's good for our health. Because we're talking about mental health today, <laughs> um, that the ripple effect is massive. And so what I've, what I've been cooking up in the Bruin is just like, how can I get out and serve more people, especially now uh, with this process that I've created? And so my team and I, we've put together a really freaking special offer for you and your community. First and foremost, Rob, I can't even say enough about how proud I am of you You are definitely, I know it always is a little disorienting when people call you a leader, but uh, Brene Brown defines leadership as helping other people realize their highest potential. And I'm sitting over here on the sidelines seeing you show up for this community in that way. And that absolutely is who you are for these people. And so I, of course, as your coach, want to support that. And so I've put together a 12-week coaching package Uh, It's an online coaching program where I'm going to be taking you myself from point A to point B in terms of the sort of base camp, boot camp stage of my process in terms of really those foundational mindset strategies that I keep talking about on this call that really is at the the core of of my process and, and, and how my process works. And so, yeah, so I've put that together and I'm, I'm giving you guys 75% off for anybody who really thinks that they want to use this time and this space, you know, making your biggest gains in the off season to really double down on your growth in 2020, uh, to really make this the year where you take that self-responsibility and you, you know, do the mindset work that really helps you level up and play your biggest game. And, and I know a lot of you are probably like, is that in the professional context or is that in the personal context? Believe it or not, it's all the same thing in different areas of performance. It's all the same performance principles. And that's because all those choices are being governed by the same place, your mindset. 95% of your choices every day coming from that bad boy right there. Mm-hmm. And these, these strategies that are, that are really running the show behind the scenes. So this program is uh, it's going to be a 12 week program where you're going to get uh, you know, that that coaching from me and you're going to get that support from me and you're going to get a private membership portal where you're going to have access to all the different resources that we offer to really take you on that journey. Uh, as well as this collective experience where we all get together as an A team and we all get to support each other and celebrate each other's wins and hold each other accountable, you know, push each other, challenge each other to go deeper and further than we ever would in our own lane. And so I'm just, I'm really, really feeling like this is the best way for me to show up in in, in service of this collective adversity that we're all going through. Because my core belief, as you know, Rob, and now hopefully everybody on this call today knows, um, my core belief is that opportunity is just dressed up and disguised in adversity. And so it's our job right now to really step back and really ask ourselves, like, is this happening for us or is this happening to us? Because your response to that question is really going to determine how this is going to play out for you. And I'm really hoping after this call today that I've compelled you guys to really contemplate and think about where you want to be on the other side of this tsunami. You know, do, do you want to be washed up to shore because you turtled out and you went down the rabbit hole or do you want to be the person that rises up, right? Answers the call and takes this adversity and uses it as, as an opportunity to double down on your growth. And so I think that's, that's the opportunity that I'm, I'm really excited to offer you and your community. Um, again, I just think that this is an incredible, incredible thing that you're doing for everybody, Rob, and I'm just, I'm so proud of you. so cool to to watch as your coach for the sidelines how this has played out and just what an impact you're having on all of these people because it's clearly a big one
0: yeah no i i mean i i appreciate it and i do like i do see the the growth internally that i've had and i know where i'm going to be at the end of 2020 so um that's you know like i'm not getting caught in the tsunami anymore so uh, yeah i think
1: who you're going to be who are you going to be on the other side of this thing
0: I mean, I, I think we already see this, right? And yeah. and it's actually even Friday I did an interview with Fix Software, which I'm not sure if any of them are on the call, but but uh, the guy actually called me a mental health advocate and and leader in maintenance. And you know, like I, I kinda already knew I was a leader in maintenance and reliability. That was not the thing that hit me, but but really the, the mental health part is what, what I'm passionate about and And where I want to, you know, that's why I wanted to get in here and talk about depression and talk about, you know, suicide and anxiety and all that stuff, because it's hit me real hard over my life. And it's because I didn't have all that, you know, the brain training that we've done together and we're still working on. And I think that Mm -hmm. people can definitely benefit from it. Hence why we're here. (laughs) I know it
1: sounds crazy, but like, we're actually grateful for our brick walls because, you know, what's on the other side of brick walls, you guys? is living a life of purpose and meaning and fulfillment and, and, impact. And I think we can all see that playing out in Rob's story here. Uh, right? Like in terms of what's been on the other side of that brick wall for you has been very meaningful. It has touched a lot of lives. And I just think at the end of the day as human beings, I think that that's, that's why we're here. So if you don't have the strategies, you don't have the toolbox, let me be that person that takes you on that really accelerated journey Um, because at the end of the day, if that's where we are on the other side of this, this tsunami wave in 12 weeks is that we've actually geared up and we're, we've leveled up and now we're, we're really playing our biggest game, then all of this will have been for a a, a purpose. So it would have been for a reason. And so I think that's, that's the difference is are you going to be the victim or the victor?
0: (laughs) so yeah so so for everybody here i mean i have all your emails so we'll we'll send you over an offer in the next little while here you know we appreciate you coming on and, and joining us live you know we got some good we some good stuff in the chat here so that'll be cool i think i also i might do something special for for you if you sign up for susan's offer we may do some sort of some calls or something on the weekend or we may do something special so so stay tuned for that.
1: Can I throw out the link so people could go check it out? Yeah, Sorry absolutely. It so it's mentalgym.mykajabi.com forward slash launchpad twenty twenty. If
0: you and send I, me, yeah, if you send me that link, we can email it out.
1: Yep, yeah, and uh, <laughs> what that what that's going to do is it's going to give you access to seventy five percent off uh, the launchpad, and and that expires uh, at midnight on.
0: And that expires April twelfth at midnight.
1: So I really encourage anybody that's interested in uh, taking that journey with me to go and check that that page out. Uh, probably soon, sooner rather than later, because April first
0: is like two days. From April
1: first <laughs> is a, it's I think it's forty eight hour rule here, forty eight hours <laughs> uh, away. Um, so go ahead and check that out. And then anybody who's looking for a little extra support, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Susan Al Hobson. I'm connected with Rob on there, or, uh, you can find us over on Facebook at the mental gym, which we're always kind of, we're, we're, we're really focused right now on rolling out, uh, strategies in terms of how we can all collectively navigate this thing right now or if you guys play on, on Instagram, I know not, not everybody does, but uh, at Susan L Hobson on Instagram.
0: We're we're a big LinkedIn crowd. So, you know, (laughs)
1: LinkedIn it is come find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to to connect with every single one of you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Susan, I want to, I want to thank you one for just my personal growth over the time we've worked together. And then also, you know, putting together this offer for the community, I think it's going to be, extremely valuable for people who who sign up and yeah definitely we'll shoot an email out in the next i don't know today at least with the link there and you can register for it and yeah hopefully hopefully everyone you know everyone stays safe and i guess my my closing my closing word for it i think i think what i want to what i want to share with all of you is is kind of this positivity and and how you look at the world. And for me, suffering with depression, and having this, you know, this pathway in my brain that that takes me directly into the negative and where I stay um, for a long time. It, it's really about how you see the world. And it's kind of like what we've talked about on this call. On this call, we're talking about, you know, this is an opportunity. We're We're either running full steam and we can learn how to set those boundaries for ourselves or we're not running at all and we can spend some time getting the launch pad, getting the mental gym and build ourselves up, right? And so whether we're at either spectrum, there's opportunity here to improve ourselves and just sustain reliable performance, right? And as reliability people, I got the mug here. I love Um, it. As, as reliability people, our most important asset is ourselves. And if we're being reliable, it means we can do our function as often as we can. That's how we define reliability in our industry. And so that's how we should be thinking about it. So final word, stay positive. Susan, I appreciate you jumping on and spending some time with us today. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Rob, for having me. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us today. I'm honored and grateful Thank you so much.